Hello, welcome back to Awaken and Aligned. My name is Megan Dickerson. And my name is Lena Jennings. And on Awaken and Aligned today, we are talking about the call. And last week we talked about kind of what the act of discovery looks like and what does it look like to kind of walk into the season of finding out who you are, the season of questioning yourself, the season of questioning kind of all of the things that you have been through in your life. And today we're talking about what does it look like to get the call for something greater, to get the call for something more, what goes on in your mind when that phone is ringing and you are trying to make the decision of, should I do this? Should I not do this? It's scary. It's nerve wracking. And it's ultimately a pathway and a gateway to something more. And so Megan, I'm super excited to talk to you in our part three of our purpose series and excited to dive on in. Let's do it, huh? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Sounds good. So I love that we have split up this series because it's allowed me to kind of ruminate on some of these experiences that I've personally had, but also just the things that you shared. And as I was preparing for this discussion, one of the things that immediately came back to me was you kind of posed this notion of God's always talking to us, but are we listening? Yeah. And I think, I mean, I know the reason I shared my testimony from last week in in that struggle in my discovery of who I was becoming, I shared my frustration and, and being offended by my friend because I realized one, God was giving me answers the entire way, but I was not rooted in the word. So things that God was sharing with me was going straight over my head. I wasn't able to listen. And it wasn't just that though, right? In that moment, I in, in time of my faith, I recognized that it was really less about my friend in these situations that we face that offend us, that hurt us, that that pick at our pain points as much as it really was. Some part of me didn't believe that I thought I was capable of being called towards what I was being called to do. I know I've told a lot of testimonies, but as always, you know, I'm very curious to find out Lena and your path as always, like what that has represented and, and what that call looks like for you. Well, you jumped right on in there. I oh, love sorry. That. No, <laughs> totally fine. And I think you said a few things. Um, you started off by talking about your friend kind of making you upset, making you frustrated um, that you talked about in the last episode. And I have always heard that like no one can offend you. They just they poke like a they poke a trigger in you that's, that is from something that's from your past or something that like is within inside of you. And like, no one can physically make you feel anything. You are responding and reacting to something that you are, have already felt inside of you. And it's so incredibly true. And half the time when we display kind of negative emotions, we are projecting what we're feeling on the inside. It's not really what someone else said or what someone else did. It's what we're feeling on the inside. And I so like resonate with that. A lot of projection is so incredibly real. And even though that was a moment in time for you that was disturbing or kind of stuck out to you as kind of a pain point, it was definitely a pivotal moment because it struck something inside of you that spurred something more in you, that spurred something to come forth out of you. And it's so incredibly beautiful how God used that seemingly uncomfortable moment in your friendship to push you into more, to push you into greater. And I would say for me, my call process um, wasn't really that seamless. It wasn't really that like, oh, you have six months and kind of navigating through that, that timeline. There was really no timeline on it. 
And as I think about the call for me, it started off as just like, I'm at rock bottom. I need something more. So I'm going to go and I'm going to walk and I'm going to move forward. I'm going to get kind of help along the way from mentors and spiritual leaders to kind of point me in the right direction. I'm going to surround myself with counsel around me that I don't know what I'm looking for or searching for, but I know that I need to be surrounded by wisdom. I know that I need to be surrounded by people who have already walked this path before me. And so I've always been an old soul for lack of a better term. Like I have grown up around old people my entire life. I am the youngest in my family and by youngest, like youngest by many years. And so kind of growing up in that environment, I've always been around elders. I've always been around older people. And so we've adopted kind of this older spirit. And I just remember just consistently going church, going to church and talking with one of the women who is one of my like spiritual leaders. And just like, I don't know what I need to hear from you today, but can you just talk? And she would just talk and pour into me and feed into me and teach me things and kind of give me all of these kind of like one-liners or Lena-isms as I have adopted them and made them to myself. And like that call process was more of a discovery process, but more intentional. It was more intentional in the sense of I'm searching for something and I need to be rooted in something that is anchored and something that is unmovable, unchangeable, unshakable. And that for me, I've always known it to be the word of God. And so the call process was surrounding myself with wisdom, but it was also clearly identified and labeled on March 3rd, 2018. And I graduated a semester early from college. And after I graduated from college, I was like, what am I going to do? My full-time job isn't going to start for another 10 months. I have 10 months of uninterrupted free time to do whatever it is that I want. And in my mind, I was like, I'm never going to have zero responsibilities for 10 uninterrupted months to literally do whatever it is that I want. And so I could have stayed home. I could have got like a little part-time job. I could have helped out around the house. I could have done so many different things, but I chose to travel. And so for 10 months, I traveled across Southeast Asia and South America, and I just went wherever I wanted. I bought a one-way ticket to Beijing, China, and I was like, okay, I have no plan. I'm going to be in China for two weeks. And then I move on to the next country at whatever pace and speed at which I want. And I would buy tickets kind of like two days before whenever I wanted to leave to go somewhere new. So it was that process. And I did that for three straight months consistently. And then I came back home and went back out and came back home and went back out. But on the first kind of part of my trip, I remember I was going to be gone. I planned to be gone for three months and my parents and my siblings were like, are you sure you can do this? Are you sure you want to do this? You're going to like a foreign country continent by yourself. You've never been. And we're worried for you. Like, are you sure? Are you sure? And their fears and their doubts went inside of me. And I remember like literally bawling my eyes to sleep before the night before of like, Lena, you actually, you can't do this. Lena, you shouldn't do this. Lena, this is crazy. Lena, this is dangerous. Like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And there was something inside of me that just said, keep going, just go, just go. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And I had my journal. And I remember I sat in the very back of the plane, like literally right up against the bathroom, like very, (laughs) I was surrounded by people who were speaking Chinese, like literally surrounded an entire family speaking Chinese around me the entire like 13 hour flight. And I was so uncomfortable. My seat didn't even recline back. And I remember writing in my journal, like, 
what in the world am I getting myself into? There is no turning back. So I'm here, I'm doing it. But like, what in the world am I getting myself into? And it was a three month trip that led me to learn to let go of kind of control in a tangible manner. I I cried multiple times because I was so stressed out. I was so confused. I was lost. I lost my credit card. It was so many ups and downs. Um, But I remember on the very last leg of the trip, it was my very last night. I was leaving from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. And I rented, like, I stayed in hostels the entire time. But then my last kind of, like, week, I rented a penthouse suite of a hotel. It was, like, on the 48th floor. Like, really crazy. I splurged. Um, and got a penthouse. And the last night, I could not sleep. I, like, never, 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 never am able to sleep. As soon as my head hits the pillow, like, I am knocked out. And I went to bed probably around, like, 11 o'clock. And I woke up around, like, 1 o'clock. And I was like... It's not morning time. Why am I up? And then I close my eyes again and look up and I wake up and it is 1.25. And I'm like, what in the world? Like, go back to sleep, Lena. Close my eyes, wake up again. It is like 1.40. And I am just so confused. Close my eyes, wake up again, 2.15. And in that moment in time, I was remembered of the story found in the book of 1 Samuel with Samuel and Eli. And Eli was Samuel's mentor. And Samuel was kind of in the house of Eli. And he woke up three times in the middle of the night. And each time he went to his mentor to say, like, what is it? What is it? Like, have you called me? Have you called me? And he was like, no, I haven't called you. Go back to bed. And on the second time when he asked his mentor, like, have you called me? His mentor responded, no, I haven't called you. But the next time you hear your name being called, say, it is I, Lord, for your servant is listening. And so I remember that story and I was like, hmm, okay. So I went out to the uh, the balcony and I just said, is it I, Lord, your, or your servant is listening. And in that moment in time, God just downloaded so much into me. He downloaded everything about what he has called me to do, gave me this vision of who I am to become, gave me this beautiful prophecy of what he has in store for me. And that right there was the moment where I knew that I was called. Like I said, it was March 3rd, 2018. I knew that I was called and I knew that there was no turning back because of that moment was so vividly clear and so vividly ordained by God and so purposed driven that like, this is it, Lena, there's no going back. And this is what this like three, three months of kind of being on your own, discovering yourself, making your own decisions, coming into yourself has led up to for God to just download, download and import your purpose, your plan into you in this moment in time. And then as soon as I got it, I just could not sleep the rest of the night. I just journaled and journaled and I planned and I plotted and I wrote the vision down and I made it plain. And even though that was two years ago and I expected it to be like, okay, I'm going to be this thing. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. It hasn't happened yet. And sometimes I get weary in the well-doing because I have this vision. I have this purpose and this plan that God has set out for me and it's not here yet. And it's so incredibly frustrating because it's like, I know what I'm called to do, but I also know that for every season there is a purpose. And like, my season has not come yet for me to be released into what God has called me to. And there's always kind of this dissonance with what I know to be true with what my reality is. But I guess that's just faith, faith enough for me to believe that I'm going to walk into my season, but also faith enough to believe that the season that I'm in is also purposeful. 
Well, okay. <laughs> there was a lot there, but that was, that's a beautiful testimony. That's a beautiful story. And thank you so much for sharing that because wow, what a powerful moment. I honestly cannot even imagine probably what that felt like standing there, just completely open, just like God, like show me because I can't see right now or I can't sleep. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know what this next step looks like, literally in the environment that you're in spiritually and yeah. in, every, in, in your life and where you were in your path. I know exactly it's, it's you feel, I'm not going to say lost when you leave um, college or when you're done with college, but it's beyond just like this 10 month time frame that you had, right? It's how you structure your day now moving forward um, and what to do with all of that time. But what an incredible story. I, there's, there's three things I kind of want to unpack in that which is first, you talk about before you leave, like you have this, this sense of letting all these fears seep in, right? And it reminds me of the book, Outwitting the Devil, that I read last year, and that the devil's always going to have a list ready for you of all the things that you can't do, all the things that you shouldn't do, all the things that are anti-purpose, anti-alignment with where God's trying to take you and go, um, and so it's being able to completely take every thought captive and give it to God, every fear captive and give it to God, because it, it's just like you did in that moment instead of, you know, oh my gosh, why can't I sleep or why can't I do this? Or should I even go on this trip? Those are all the things the devil's going to try to do to prevent you from going on the path that you're meant to go down. And so when you're able to captivate those thoughts and those fears, you're able to shift your, your frame. You're able to shift your mindset into, okay, what can I be open to receiving? Mm. The second would be leading into that notion of what we talked about last week of God gives you this vision and you know that God gave you the vision, but what do you do in the meantime when it hasn't happened yet? Do you continue to choose faith when where you are does not look like where you're going? This woman at work gave me this message this week and she said, you know, God is above you, Jesus is beside you, and the Holy Spirit is in you. And what that reminded me of is from our pettiest problems to our biggest pains, like the God in us is so much stronger than the world around us. Yeah. And so while we're in this call, God is right here. God's yeah. in us. We can hear God right here. But for some reason, we're still listening out here. We're still listening to the worldly things. And so it's like, okay, God, talk to me. Yeah, you know, but like this is how it should be because we should be listening internally instead yeah. of looking to um, receiving affirmation from places that yeah. we're not meant to get it. Yes, and I like instantly when you said we should be kind of insulating our ears and insulating our thoughts. I like instantly think of every single character in the Bible who has received a call, who has been given kind of a big thing to do for God, to show glory, they always, always, always go through a period of isolation. They always go through a period of the wilderness. And I was just even studying kind of the life of Mary and Martha and talking about kind of the birth of Jesus and the birth of John the Baptist. They both as soon as they got word and received word that they were pregnant with kind of the Messiah and with kind of the one who made the way for the Messiah, John the Baptist, they both hid themselves for six months. Like mm -hmm. the Bible specifically calls out that they went out, went out and hid themselves, stayed home for six months where no one else could see them. No one else, they interacted with no one else. And I, I think that's what 
oftentimes the call involves when we get the call, we have to insulate ourselves. We have Mm -hmm. to insulate ourselves around godly community, but more importantly, we have to insulate ourselves in the word because it's so easy for the enemy. As soon as we get our message from God, as soon as we get our call and our purpose and more clarity on what we have been called to do, the enemy always wants to come and steal that seed and seed form. And we think about when Jesus was born, like the king, he sent, he made a declaration for all of the newborn babies from zero to three to be killed because he knew that if we can kill it in seed form, it won't even grow to its potential. Like if we can kill off the baby Jesus, the baby Messiah, when he is just a child, when he is in his most vulnerable stage, when he isn't really fully formed and matured and developed, we won't even have to worry about him reaching purpose at the later stage because we're killing it off before it can even like be birthed into something bigger. And that's what happens when we get our call. The enemy just attacks us with all of these. You can't, you shouldn't, you aren't like all of these things that are contradictory to what God has called us to do and called us to be that at the very onset. And like we, I think about kind of, even when we first become Christians, when we first commit to following Christ, like, it's not like, woo, I get my jail out of jail free card and life is so wonderful and fancy and like amazing. This is great. No, 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 no. Like it gets even harder because the enemy wants to come and attack us when we're early on, like hit us with something horrible, hit us with something that's devastating. So we can begin to doubt God of like, God, I'm now following you. And now you've abandoned me. You've let me hit this hardship. You've let me hit this trouble. And like, I love that you said, just kind of closing our ears out to the rest of the world because the rest of the world is trying to steal something from us. And Mm -hmm. even just kind of in the worldly sense, when people talk about like, you can't share your plans and dreams with everyone kind of early on, like it's, there's, I don't, I think it's some like Irish saying of like, it's bad luck to tell your plans and your dreams. Like when you first get them, like tell them to like your immediate circle, but then like, don't share them broadly because it's so easy for it to get stolen and for it to kind of get diminished. And that is exactly what, that's exactly what our purpose is. We have to protect our purpose early on because it's so easy for us to get that vision of our purpose to be tarnished. You know, I have heard that a lot. And that's a really interesting point that you bring up. And so you are absolutely right. I mean, the the devil does come to attack you in any way that he can, right? I said he has a list ready for you with all the things that you can or, or can't do. And it's really taking that time to say, okay, God, like, what am I called to do? But I struggle with believing that sense of not sharing your plans just because we know that the devil, what the devil is capable of. I would say, while early on, I didn't have the confidence to do it, or it was, it was maybe even out of insecurity. It was really less of what the world believed as much as what the the pressure I was putting on myself to continue going towards what I was called. Yeah. And that is a skill set and a muscle that you have to train though, because Mm -hmm. you've grown up in an environment and a culture where the world is so loud around us. The world is so pushy with their opinions and their perspectives and their ways of living that it's so easy for us to adapt those. But it takes spiritual discipline to Mm -hmm. cancel out the noise and to magnify the voice that's on the inside that it's often quiet. Like the voice of God doesn't always come in, hello, hello format over like a microphone. It's often often a gentle urging in your spirit. 
it's often quiet. And so that requires stillness on your behalf. And that being still is a skill set. Like it's not easy to just shut off the noise to even just with distractions that we get from notifications on our phone or emails that come through or TV or just like we're on a walk and we can easily call a friend and it's like, well, where are we building in moments of stillness? Where are we building in kind of quiet time? Because like we've said before, like God is always speaking, but are we always listening? And I often like, I often don't listen because in the car I'll have the radio on or I'll have kind of my aux cord connected or I'll have like the TV playing in the background when I'm at home. But what does it look like to build in just silence and allowing yourself to be open to receiving a word from God? And for me, kind of in my call and protecting my vision, protecting kind of the things in which God has given me, the tools that I've been able to implement is a lot of journaling. It's a lot of just still reminding myself of what God has told me. And in these moments, it's like, God, it doesn't look like, it doesn't look like what you've called me to, but like, but I trust you, but I know I'm called, but I know that this is this moment in time and this struggle is purposeful. And kind of the Bible always talks about, do not despise small beginnings. Mm -hmm. And that is something that I've had to kind of ingrain in my heart right now of like, we we collectively and individually are doing so many things that are aligned with our purpose. And even though kind of what we are doing right now, and I can use use the real life example, like awakened and aligned. Mm -hmm. We've talked about this so many times kind of offline of, we know that this is purposeful. We know that this is intended to change the world. We know that there are so many lives that are going to be reached, impacted and affected by awakened and aligned and by this platform. But where we are right now, is different from what God has shared with us and what we've seen individually and collectively. And kind of the Bible talks about do not despise small beginnings. And it's easy to say like, Megan, we're not getting the traction. Megan, we're not doing this. Megan, this is off. Megan, this isn't perfect. Let's just shut it all down. But like, this is the small beginning. This is our, our purpose in seed form. And it's like, it's growing roots, but it hasn't necessarily sprouted up from underneath the soil yet, but our roots are, are deep down. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it, there's a sermon that I listened to planted, not buried where like, mm-hmm. this I heard like, that. Oh, it's so good. Like, it's so good that we put something in the ground to die or to be birthed is the exact same environment. Mm-hmm. It's the exact same situation. It's dark. It's cold. It's lonely. But it's like, we are planted. We're not buried. We're not burying our purpose. Oh, tell them, Lena. We are, we are planting our purpose because we're getting rooted in Christ. We're continuing to grow our roots down deep. And okay. soon, soon and very soon, it's going to be sprouted up. It's going to like a bud's going to emerge and it's going to grow and grow and grow. And we're going to enter into a bamboo season where we're going to have unusual acceleration. But it's these years that we've put in individually and collectively to get rooted, to get our priorities straight, to receive stillness, to receive the word of God, that like we're in a planting season. We're planted, Megan. Like, and this may be just a declaration to Megan alone, but like this this is what the call is of it is ensuring that you know for yourself that your purpose is planted right now. It's not buried. It's planted. Amen. I love that. And I think um, just to give people an idea of, where you're coming from in that um, is Lena and I did not know each other eight months ago. 
We didn't know we existed. I didn't know of this woman. I didn't know the path that she was on. And quite honestly, when we started this, even it was like, okay, well, we both separately work good as individuals and we both know that we have a very clear vision. Um, but what does that mean to come together with somebody else and um, kind of just discerning really for this, what path God intended? I think about kind of the call and purpose and walking in it. And like, I've often got kind of discredited of like, okay, I've done one thing. I released one thing. I like made strides in this one area. Where's my success? Where is it all? And it's like, it's the continual buildup of repetition and continue consistently putting out work and consistently like going forth, trying to repair the relationship or whatever it may be. It's the consistency involved in it. Like Rome wasn't built in a day and kind of the notion of, okay, God, if I commit to you once I'm committed to you forever and always like, no, 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 no. It's a daily habit that we need to build in. It's day it's discipline. And so like, even though it's not quantity and not get hung up on it, but like, we have to know that there is a quantitative element too. Like it's not a one and done experience. It's not like, okay, you have been told to write this book and it's not like your first book's going to be the bestseller on New York times. Like I think about, um, I'm reading the alchemist right now Mm. and for years, the alchemist got zero traction. Like Mm -hmm. he could not even find a publisher to publish that book because people are like, "Mm, no, it's not it. Like, "Mm, no, this isn't going to sell. Like, "Mm, this isn't like, this isn't worthy enough to be put on the bookshelves. No one's going to read this. And 50 years later, The Alchemist has been on the New York Times bestseller list for years and has been published in every single language known to man because that book is so incredibly powerful. And like, I think about if he stopped after the first publisher said no the world wouldn't have gotten that thing or thinking about kind of different artists who they have been kind of working on their craft for 10 plus years and no one knew who they were. And now we think kind of one interview, one thing makes them this famous celebrity. It's like, no, 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 no. It took them years and years and years to get to that point in time, but it year it's years that the common man didn't see. And so even though it is all about quality, there is a quantitative aspect that we often forget and we often discredit of like, it takes time to do things. And even kind of the book by Malcolm Gladwell, he talks about 10,000 hours. It Mm -hmm. takes 10,000 hours to pick up a skill and perfect your skill set. And like, that's a lot of time. That's a lot of hours, but that requires dedication and commitment. And so that's why we have to be dedicated and committed to our call, but also like rooted rooted in the word of God to help withstand and give endurance to our walk and to our 10,000 hour journey. Amen. I would agree. I would say um, my only caution with that, or like my only caution with that would be when you're still trying to find a root in your faith or your, or, or how to be rooted in your faith, or you're still in this position where maybe you're not yet in a place where you are confident in your call and that's totally okay. I would be wary of putting your faith in a place or measuring it by a quantity because it's so easy to fall into this idea that, okay, God, if you put this on my heart and it's not, uh, it's not accomplished by this time, then it hasn't happened and I'm going to lose hope because I'm, I don't really trust in you or this isn't really happening the way I thought um, instead of it really being about the moments where you know God has really shined a light into your path and really spoken loudly and clearly into, yes, you are on the right path. 
continue to go. It doesn't matter if the seed is taking a little extra long to sprout. It doesn't matter if you have not reaped the rewards of of your season quite yet, because it is coming, right? It it does not mean right now, but it is coming. Second part to this was that sometimes when we're measuring things by a quantitative value in this path, we forget that through this time or like lack of God showing us our path or bringing our purpose into fruition, um, God is actually cultivating different tools that we need, right? That we maybe can't foresee that we need or know, but that's what these different seasons are for, are, are cultivating this godly character that we've talked about to ultimately help us become in alignment more so with who we are ultimately supposed to become and and what that looks like. Because if you told me that those three big experiences of a crazy car crash, a crazy relationship, and a crazy dream would be the three things that show me who I am becoming, that those are not situations that I would say, oh yeah, this God's hand is all in this. But in fact- He was right there the entire time. So that would be my only caution in that. Um, Lena brought up earlier in this episode, which is true. It's not like you have a free pass when you know that what your purpose is. It gets harder. I wish I could say it gets easier. I wish I could say life gets easier. But what I'm learning is that, you know, that's not necessarily the case in some ways. Um, So as we face this acceptance of our call, it also comes with this sense of a resistance. And so that is what we're going to unpack with you guys a little bit more next week. But Lita, I'd love for you to just lead us out. Yeah, I, I think about kind of that Coach Carter quote where it says, with great power comes great responsibility. I lied. That is not a Coach Carter quote. It's actually from Spider-Man. And <laughs> <laughs> so I, we can cut that out or you can keep it in there. I don't really care. Um, but When I think about the quote from Spider-Man, it says, with great power comes great responsibility. And I think getting your power and your purpose, like that is powerful. Like purpose is so incredibly powerful, but it comes with responsibility to maintain it, to be disciplined towards it. And also in that process of trying to maintain it, like sometimes we want to put our preferences above and before our purpose and our preference of I'm tired. Ooh, I want to go on vacation. Ooh, I'm, I just, I don't feel like doing this today. Or like, Ooh, this person got on my nerves today. So I'm not going to practice being kind. I'm not going to do this. Or like, Ooh, a new movie's coming out. I'd rather go to the movie than work on my craft. And I, I think about kind of this notion of resistance that comes along with when we have our purpose, when we've answered the call and we are flat footed and sure footed on what it is we are about to do and then we get the doubts then we get the voices then we get the comments from friends and families then we get the naysayers who say we can't we should not we are not going to be able to and sometimes it's easy for us to start believing in those when we don't see the fruits of our labor and next week that's what we're going to talk about we're going to talk about what the resistance look like looks like in us in our stories but also how we've seen it played out in different um, bible stories and and kind of leaders and elders that we've surrounded ourselves with everyone experiences resistance and it's the moment of decision where we have to make 
even we have to decide, even though our situation doesn't look like what God called us to, we have to believe that we're still walking towards it. So join us next week. Um, and we are so excited to share a story with you. Share, subscribe, like, and comment this video if this has impacted you. And until then, we'll see you next week. It's not next week, it's the week after next, but you all understand. <laughs>